0: Glory to Jesus Christ. We congratulate Miguel and his family, and we'll shoot our whole parish community as we have another member in the kingdom. In the kingdom, the body of Christ, as St. John Chrysostom says, we don't baptize babies because they've sinned. We baptize them to make him part of the body of Christ. And and boy, he was a little champ today. So it's a great glory. But we have a responsibility, the rest of us, to make sure that we live and give him that example of what it looks like to be a Christian, right? My um, mentor and my former rector at the seminary told me a story one time. He's the kind of, a, of the priest that would prefer just to give retreats and hear confessions. That was his, his gift, his talent. I just like to give retreats and hear confessions. All you young guys can go at the altar and all these things. I just want to hear confessions and give retreats. So he's telling about this one time in this retreat, and he had, uh, uh, they were at Mount St. Macrina, which is in Uniontown, one of our women's monasteries there, in in this, um, the big house, the house of prayer, which was an old uh, mansion that was given to the monastery. Uh, But he had all these chairs lined up, and people were coming in, and the podium was, let's say the podium was where I was, and of course, where did everyone fill up? The very back. And so he's watching this happen, and so as they're sitting down and they're kind of, you know, kibitzing with each other before it starts, he takes his podium and he walks around to the back, and he says, okay, glory to Jesus Christ, everyone turn your chairs 180 degrees and face me. Suddenly, those people who thought they were in the back found themselves in the very front. He made a way for, to bring them to himself. He couldn't get them to do it on their own. Well, I can't get you to go to mountains, so I'm going to bring mountains to you this morning. There's a prayer that we prayed this morning at the praises of mountains, and it's a very powerful prayer, and this is how we're going to begin. Remember, this is Cheese Fair Sunday. This is Forgiveness Sunday. This is the, 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 the stepping stone by which we go into the great fast for us tomorrow. Adam was driven out of paradise for eating the forbidden fruit, and Moses was granted the vision of God after he had purified the eyes of his soul by fasting. Let us who desire one day to dwell in paradise now fast from the food of perdition. If we wish to see God, let us fast for forty days as Moses did." Persevering in prayer and supplication, let us calm the passions of our soul and subdue the stirrings of our flesh. Let us walk with a light step in the path that leads to heaven, where the choir of angels sing unceasingly and praise the invisible Trinity, so that we may contemplate the striking beauty of the Lord. O Son of God and giver of life, our hope is in you. Deem us worthy to join the choir of heavenly armies to the intercession of the mother who gave you birth, and by the prayers of the apostles, martyrs, and of all the saints. If you were at Vespers last night, Matins this morning, you would have been hit from every possible direction, the awareness that the great fast is upon us. The constant repetition that we need to repent of our sins, we need to fast to help control our passions. We need not only control our passions with food, but control it, our tongue, and the way we think, and the way we treat each other. But good, St. John Chrysostom says, if we stop eating meat, but yet we devour our brother. So the whole theme of this weekend is a Preparation. One last tool that we need before we step out into that sand of the desert of the fast. And that is, we need to forgive. And we need to allow ourselves to be forgiven. We need to ask for forgiveness. Because that is the great roadblock to any relationship. It was shown foremost to us by Christ dying on the cross to forgive us our sins. Forgive them, Father. So if His desire for our relationship with us was so strong, He was willing to go to the cross for us, are we not called to do the same? We have been clothed in the Christ, as was Miguel. We're called now to live to a higher standard. When I met Pawnee Kelly many years ago, when Father Bill Harris and my cousin introduced me to her, And I was Twitter-pated beyond Twitter. She was the one. I went, when I went home and I I had finished my undergraduate work and I was drifting aimlessly in college, I didn't know what to do. So someone says, well, go into the medical field. So, okay, to do that, I had to start filling in all my, my chemistry and my biology. So I started doing that just for something to do. But when I met her, I reoriented my entire life to avail myself to that relationship and to foster it. So I would adjust my class load and the times of my classes so that I could get out as early as I could on Thursday, but generally Friday because the darn chemistry labs always seem to be on a Friday. And as soon as I could, I would get out that door and dart for Seattle, and I'd stay at a rectory or one of my buddy's house. And I give thanks to God for President Jimmy Carter, who felt that in order to save gas, we need to drive slower. So I would drive 55 miles an hour, not 70 or 80 that we do nowadays, every weekend going and coming from Spokane. I knew all the stones in the road I was going that slow. But because of that, I saved money, he tells me. Plus, I tried, to, I tried to pinch my pennies because I was a college kid with no money. So I had to reorient the way I was living, find the cheapest food while I was in school so I'd have some money that when I came over here, I could maybe buy her a hot dog or something when we'd go do something. Of course, she always insisted on going Dutch. Thank you, God, another gift because... I was broke. But the point is, I reoriented my entire life for that relationship. And that is what we're being called to now. That is what the church has been calling us to these past four weeks. Prepare yourself, reorient yourself, and organize yourself in such a way that you can commit yourself completely to Christ. As the Godparents said this morning, And the way that fathers have found out through their own experience, the way the church has taught us is, it is through prayers. So we need to start increasing our prayers, because our prayers are our, are our life, our relationship, our conversation, our breath with God. You can't foster a relationship between me and Ponty Kelly if we don't say a word. Yeah, there comes a time when you get older when words aren't needed as much. Then there's just presence. But we're not always there. And so the church gives us all these additional prayer services. And we're supposed to increase our prayers at home. Remember what I said, lint. The great fast should feel different. It should smell different. It should taste different. And it should sound different. You should know you're in the great fast that you're refocusing, reorganizing your life to spend more time with God in a very dedicated, precise fashion. As I strive to do with Pawnee Kelly. I had plenty of time for quiet on the way home at 55 miles an hour. And we have that in our prayer. We have a vocal prayer, and then we're called to be quiet. But also in fostering this relationship, it's an asking forgiveness if we've offended somebody. And that's a hard task to do without the gift of humility. But without forgiveness, we're not going to grow. If we don't grow closer to each other, we're not going to grow closer to Christ. You know, you've got the, big, the bicycle wheel and you've got the spokes. The fathers use this example, and you've got the hub in the middle. The hub in the middle is God. On the outside are you and I, and each of us travel to God, to the center, by the means of the spokes, to the hub. But you notice the closer we get to God, the closer we get to the hub, the closer we get to each other. Well, we can't grow closer together if there's something that's preventing us from, if there's some animosity or something that's happening between us. That's where forgiveness is required. To break that barrier so we can grow closer to each other and we can grow closer to God. And also, we've learned from the, our, our, our Jewish brethren before us, the gift of almsgiving. That it too is a means for forgiving sins, making reparation. Not giving alms out of your surplus. Gee, I got a few quarters in my pocket, I'll just give them away. No, it means giving of something, something substantial. That's why Jesus praised the woman who gave the two mites. She gave everything to God. Whereas the others that came in that were wealthy, they just gave out of their, their coins in their pocket, if you will, the surplus. When we make a sacrifice, it should be a sacrifice. It should cost somebody. Somebody said that to me this morning. There must be a, there has to be something in it for our, you know, that costs us if we're going to give something to God. And that cost us is going to be our time. Our humbling in ourselves to ask for forgiveness and to offer forgiveness and to give to those in need. These are the tools that we need now that we are ready to step out and put our toes in the sand and go out into the desert to be alone with the alone. This is a great opportunity you've been afforded. If Pawnee Kelly, and she's not here, so if if she is the love of my life, and she is a reflection of God's glory, because she does reflect that glory, how much greater is the one that gives her the glory? How much greater is the love of Christ and His mercy? Shouldn't that demand our everything, our all? I love Him i am a 60 year old. Well, I'll be 64 next month. I love him. And I want to grow as close to him as I possibly can. I want to experience as much of his love as I possibly can. And the only way I can experience more love is to remove the hardness of my heart that prevents it. Because he's given me 100%, but I cannot receive 100% because of my own propensities, my own passions. So this is an opportunity for me to work on that. I won't be perfect this year, and I've been doing it for 64 years, almost 64 years. And the same is with you. If you truly love Christ, and you profess your love, and you're willing to come here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and all the feast days, there's something in your heart prompting you to want it and pressing you for more. Are you willing to make the commitment for more? Are we willing to do the work, what it's required of us to make the more? And it's not a painful thing, not if it's done for love. Let me tell you, painful is driving from Spokane to Seattle at 55 miles an hour. But it was worth it. Love is what drove me in that car. That and McDonald's coffee. But this is the same with us. So where on this Sunday of forgiveness. Be sure that you work on anyone that, forgiveness with anyone that you have any animosity to. Clear it up. Put it away. It doesn't mean the harm that they did you was right. It doesn't acknowledge saying, oh, it's okay, never mind, let's pretend it never happened. It, you're free from the shackles of guilt and shame. It's done with move forward. This is a great gift that you have and I have been given. We may not get it next year. God may call us home before then. Let's take advantage of the time now. Unfortunately, because I have the outreach, I am unable to have the Sunday forgiveness service that we would have tonight, the Vespers Forgiveness Service, where, I, where we have a cruciform type of forgiveness where I ask you for forgiveness and you ask for me for forgiveness and through me and Christ, then we have the forgiveness from God and the forgiveness from one another because at the end, We come up with a personal forgiveness from each of us. But here is a prayer that you would have heard tonight. And this should encourage us. Okay, this should just fill us with love because the very last word should say, Yes, Christ is risen. That's what I'm going for. I want my life in the risen Lord. Let us begin the time of this great, of this bright fast giving ourselves over to spiritual struggle. Let us sanctify our soul and purify our flesh. Let us not fast only from food. Let us also abstain from every passion and cultivate spiritual virtues. And let us faithfully persevere in this, so that we may be worthy to see the holy passion of Christ our God and the joy of His holy resurrection. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Have a wonderful day, may be filled with the light and love of Christ. This is a joyous day for us in the church. We've received a new member in the body of Christ, and we're together we're about to go on a fantastic journey. We don't know what it's going to be like on the other end. We don't know what glory awaits us, but we know it's going to be amazing. Because Christ has already risen. He's already conquered it. But it's our transformation that we are looking for. Our transformation during these next 40 days. So reorganize your life. Make this feel like it's Lent. It's not the same as any other day. If you're used to playing rock and roll music when you get up in the morning, turn it off. Maybe have silence if you're one... I like classical music when I'm working and stuff. And it helps with my tinnitus, but I've got to cut it down. I want to hear the Word of God. You know, these little things, they seem like so simpleton, but it's all about, I don't need that, I need Christ. I don't need my Mr. Goodbar. I need Christ. I don't need that delicious T-bone steak, I'd rather have Christ, and I want to deny myself so I can control my passions, so I can focus more on Christ because my stomach sure tells me what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. It's amazing. And so we all, These aren't just trivial things. These have been proven to work to, at our, for our own transformation. Like I said, He's waiting to give us all His love. We're the ones with the obstacles and we just need to remove Him with the help of His grace, that will happen. So with joy in our hearts, on that, this bright weekend, let's go out and celebrate the great fast together.